0: The 630Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630Chad.
1: All right, take a look at what you're wearing. Take a look down and say, okay, those are my blue jeans, that's my flannel shirt. Do you ever think about what went into making them and, and the potential damage to the environment well, in long term, long term, not just to the environment, all sorts of different le- le- levels to this one. Just recently, some researchers at the University of Toronto said they detected microfibers from blue jeans in aquatic environments ranging from shallow lakes near Toronto, right across the Great Lakes and all the way up to the Arctic. In fact, their research showed denim microfibers were found at depths greater than 1,500 metres, suggesting that the particles may be able to travel long distances and accumulate in remote regions. Now, the same researchers also found that a pair of used jeans can shed roughly 56,000 microfibers per wash. Why should you care and what can you do about it? Well, we've dialed up Kelly Drennan, who is the founder of Fashion Takes Action and she is leading the charge when it comes to sustainable fashion. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right, Kelly, last time I saw you, you were in uh, Edmonton. I was emceeing a conference that you were speaking at, and I was absolutely blown away by the information that you were telling those gathered. I suspect that you are not surprised one bit by the findings of, of, this, <laughs> of these researchers.
0: Yeah, I mean, what well, we know about microfibers that are shed from our synthetic polyester, acrylic, nylon clothing. Um, and there's been some suspicions that they're also shed from natural fibers like cotton and denim. Mm-hmm. so this uh this study wasn't completely surprising for me but it's still quite alarming because i mean how many pairs of blue jeans do we each own right and right. wear often
1: so when why should people be concerned that microfibers are being shed that they're going into the effluent they're going into lakes why why should we care about this because i suspect there's people out there right now going "Eh, whatever (laughs) well the problem is is when you're talking about the synthetic microfibers i mean those
0: are that's plastic right so what's what's shed is then eaten by the aquatic life Uh uh, fish for example and other species that we and then in turn eat so in a sense through a series of you know steps we're eating these little tiny invisible plastic fibers now when it comes to the microfibers in this recent study I do believe that further research and they do state this in the study that further research needs to be done Uh on just how much of an impact this type of microfiber has on these species and if it's as harmful as the
1: plastics are all right so um there's a lot to take in there now this is something that you've been um you've had your eye on for a very very long time when it comes to the fashion industry and i mean fashion I'm get clothing um but you know fast fashion when we talk about fast fashion and about uh, the impact that it has on the environment first mm-hmm. off for those who don't know what fast fashion is can you explain that Sure. It's simply, if you think about like fast food, which is really cheap and
0: convenient and isn't very good for you, (laughs) um, you think about the same, uh, that's what fast fashion is. It's it's clothing made uh, super fast uh, and super cheaply and oftentimes in, you know, facilities overseas where the workers are not necessarily paid fair wages and the conditions are not that great. Um, And so the, the, the the biggest problem though with fast fashion is how disposable uh-huh. it is and because it's so cheap it's driven our consumption of clothing so we actually consume 60 percent more clothes today than we did 20 years ago and we only keep them for half as long <laughs> as we used to because hey you paid nine ninety nine for it. You can, you know, wear it a couple times, check it, and get another one. Yeah. Um, so consumption, you know, we we blame we're quick to blame the fashion industry in terms of all of its different impacts on the environment. And yes, there are many in terms of the manufacturing of our clothing. But really, as consumers, if we want to actually take action, um, we need to really care for our clothes, we need to slow down our consumption, we need to look at reusing our clothing and keep what we already have in use for as long as possible.
1: It, it seems to me though that that's, that's a, uh, a long time ago, I mean that that boat has, has passed. There was a time when you know moms mm. used to darn socks and you know patches on your knees in in, in grade 6 back in the 70s, we, we just don't seem to do that anymore.
0: No, and you're so right about that anytime I do a talk especially even at like the post-secondary level I ask the audience for a show of hands you know how many of you actually know how to hole or sew a hole in the toe of your sock or Mm -hmm. sew a button back on and it's about 30 to 40 percent and that's it so definitely this is a skill that we need to bring back we need to for young people they need to ask the the sort of more mature people in their lives and their communities to show them how to do these things. But what's interesting is we're also starting to see Brands and retailers um, implement repair programs, so you mm. could bring, uh, you know, a coat or a pair of jeans back to the uh, retailer, and they will repair it for you. So it's really interesting to see all of these different models, business models emerging around circularity, right? And sort of this whole idea of a circular economy in fashion, where we sort of have been operating on a linear economy, really, which is, you know, you make you take and then you dispose uh-huh. of something. In the circular economy, it's it's really looking at that end of life and prolonging it as long as possible and potentially then recycling it. So recycling textiles is now even becoming a thing, but <laughs> it has a long way to go before we see it widely. Wide.
1: Yeah, you ha- you have said that the traditional model of reduce, recycle, and reuse has been updated to add repurpose, rent, repair, and resale, and seeing a lot more people not just throwing their their clothes out, but maybe taking them to a consignment store, maybe you know whatever it is, taking it to that yeah, as you talk about you know the circular, um, you know taking it to that next step and not just dumping it in the in the garbage somewhere that it ends in a landfill somewhere.
0: That's right, and you know it's it's about average. The average Canadian puts about 85 pounds of textiles in the landfill every year. And it's not that we're all just throwing it in the garbage, mind you. It's just how it makes its way through the various channels. Still, a lot of it is being put in the garbage. We've actually just conducted a, a waste audit on nine Ontario municipalities and found items that were thrown out that still had the tags on it. So there's a lot of awareness that needs to be done still with the average citizen in Canada.
1: Kelly, wanted to talk to you about that because when I heard about <laughs> this before, I was like, what? What is going mm-hmm. on? I mean, there are clothes that come from companies that if they don't sell them, they just they just throw them out, they go to a dump.
0: Yeah, so that's another big problem when we're looking at the waste that is um, created from the industry itself. So we have textile waste is sort of split into two categories. There's the post consumer, which means the stuff that we're done with. And then there's the pre consumer waste, which you immediately would think maybe just the scraps from the factory floor, but returned and damaged items also fall into that category. And what we're seeing is fast fashion brands, because the value of those items isn't very high. It's actually more costly for them to either clean it, repair it, and restock it than it is to actually landfill it or incinerate it. <sighs> and what doesn't help is the federal government's uh, duty drawback, which basically incents these retailers to destroy these goods that are unsellable. So even the overstock, if you think that's a huge problem, and COVID has exacerbated that. I mean, we see the excess inventory, mm-hmm. every single retailer has this. But the problem is, is that the government incentive is to destroy it, whereas it should be to actually reuse or recycle it. So retailers who destroy those goods will get a credit on their next import duty. Oh so man. we're in a world, yeah, we're working hard to try and and flip that around if that's possible. Um, but yeah, the pre-consumer, the the damaged and returned items. I mean, most oftentimes retailers will you know the free shipping entices you to buy a few different items and because it's mostly online now we see um you don't know what your size is so you order multiple sizes you you know keep the one that fits and you send the ones back that don't fit but often those items will just not make their way back onto the shelf
1: oh my gosh how many times have i done that kelly I know, right? Oh my it's, goodness!
0: And it's so it's so easy for us to sort of feel this sort of weight and guilt, and you know. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of different things that we can be doing as consumers, and we shouldn't really beat ourselves up over it. What we need to do is take some small steps. But it's, it's about progress and and not about perfection. Um, so and again it comes down to awareness, right? Once you know something, hopefully you can make some changes.
1: Progress, not perfection. I'm gonna get a I was gonna say I'm gonna get a t shirt made up with that, but no I'm not. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, yeah. so when you when you talk about that, so you know, what what can what can we do? You, you talk about, yeah, okay, well when you get a hold of fix it, know how to put the button back on, maybe, you know, look at, you know, I'm guessing clothes that are a little bit uh, better made but oftentimes that those seemingly can be a lot more expensive and some people just don't have that cash
0: right and this is where reusing comes in um you know reduce of course is the most important you know shop what's in your closet only 30 percent of what's in our closet actually gets worn on a regular basis so learn to get reconnected with those other 70% of, of you, you. bought them for some reason. There was mm. a connection there, right? So so it sort of need, needs to get back in touch with that. But caring for our clothes is also really important because, you know, if we're washing our clothes constantly, even when they're not dirty, um, eventually it breaks down the quality of the fiber. And in some cases, you'll lose threads, will come undone, you'll lose buttons, and, and it mis- gets misshapen um, or it shrinks. Um, And so caring for our clothes uh, really helps in that sense, but also getting to stains right away. You know, oftentimes we're too lazy, Uh, so we think, oh, we'll pull out the stain remover the next day or whatever we want. But if you get to it right away, you'll actually get it out, and then that garment can stay in in use for longer. Um, And there's a psychology, I think, too, behind how we care for our clothes. If we didn't pay very much for it, then we tend to really just kind of throw it on the floor or we just sort of throw it in the hamper whereas if we spent more money on it we might take that you know step to look at it and think is it really dirty is it you know I'm gonna have to probably hand wash it so maybe that's a deterrent for me and I'll put it back in my closet so so, there's definitely a bit of psychology at play as well
1: around caring for our clothes. But yeah.
0: loved clothes laugh. I know was... that, that, that <laughs> hashtag we like to use often is loved clothes laugh. Love your clothes.
1: And, you know, just the text coming in over and over again from my listeners saying we have just become so much of a disposable society in okay. so many different things, not just clothes. No,
0: and and so clothing just seems to be the last thing that we're all sort of waking up to you know i've been doing this for 13 years Uh and it's uh it's been really interesting to see this sort of surge in awareness that's happening over the last couple of years because i think people are just okay what's next how else can i actually you know be a better more sustainable or conscious citizen um so yeah it's um there's a lot to be done you know and and like you said repairing and reselling. Um, Hand me downs, clothing swaps are awesome. Yeah. There's such a fun way. I mean, COVID, we haven't been able to really be doing things like that, but hopefully in the future, we'll be able to start. Swapping again because new to you items are just as cool yeah and you know the, the Millennials and the Gen Z are the ones that are really driving <laughs> this which is very exciting I have two teenage daughters and thrifting is a regular verb in our house which is awesome
1: well and I'm seeing more and more of that right and it just seems to be coming back into popularity uh, again you know what Kelly I'm curious to know about companies that That portray themselves as um, more environmentally friendly than others when it comes to to clothing or or whatever it is how do we know um, what we're getting is really what they're saying we're getting you know does it come down to doing some research on that company yeah and that's a great question and and one of the things that we're
0: starting to see a shift towards is an increase in transparency so when we talk about transparency really if you think about it the fashion industry is quite opaque oftentimes brands don't even know where their clothes are Uh made they accept they contract a factory then that factory subcontracts out another factory and so on but in order to be transparent which is essentially showing and telling the story of where their clothes are made they first have to actually be able to trace Mm. farm or back to its original raw materials. so what we're seeing now is this trend with brands starting to um, implement traceability tools and then once they know they can start telling their 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 customers but yes research is important Um, looking for things like sustainability reports always keeping in mind perfection doesn't exist in this space so of course they might be doing one or two things that are great but then they have still a bunch of things that they're doing that aren't so great so again it comes down to being transparent owning what it is as a brand what you're doing that is good and recognizing that you have a long way to go um, but yeah I think if you can find some information on a website and it's backed by a certification mark um, so that could be anything from uh, a fair trade certification uh-huh. meaning that the workers were paid fair wages Uh, It could be organic certified, GOTS organic certified is another big one, Um, OkaTex has a number of certifications as well, so the more certification symbols that you see as a customer, the easier it gets to actually weed out the good from the bad. And then you have some really cool apps out there, there's one that's um, based in Australia but it's available, it's free, it's called Good On You. And uh, and they rank hundreds of different brands. And okay. So if you're really not
1: sure, you could just check it check it out on their app and see what they say about it. It's uh, it's about educating, isn't it? It's about finding out more. I'm just reading this, and is it really true that it? I'm reading it takes up to 2,000 gallons of water to make one pair of jeans.
0: It sure does. I mean, water pollution is a big thing for sure with microfibers and all these other chemicals. But water usage is huge wow. in the fashion industry. And the textile industry is actually the second largest uh, polluter of water, but in terms of use, um, it, it's astronomical. Like, and and if you think about how many pairs of jeans we own, and then you multiply that by. Yeah the yeah. gallons of water it's it's
1: uh it's a bit terrifying yeah kelly you know what fascinating and terrifying uh all the way yeah. around here uh, to find out more information you can check out the website it's fashion takes action and uh, let me tell you if you ever uh get a chance to hear kelly speak in person i'm going to urge you to go and uh, have your eyes open because it certainly <laughs> opened my eyes kelly thanks for this i appreciate it Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Kelly Drennan joining us, joining us this afternoon, the founding executive director of Fashion Takes Action.